2: Christ has broken down every barrier. He accepts everyone and anyone who comes to Him. And we as the body of Christ should do the same. There should be no division among believers. We should be experiencing unity together.
1: Welcome to another visit from Pastor Leighton Scheele of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. We call this study verse by verse, and he's midway through the third chapter of the book of Colossians. Let me lead you into where he's going to pick up in just a moment at the twelfth verse. The eleventh verse says, Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave
2: or free. He is all, and he is in all. He dwells in believers so that there can be no prejudice. In Christ, human distinctions are removed. If if these distinctions are no problem for Him, they shouldn't be a problem for us. Everyone is equal at the cross. Verse 12, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another and if one has a complaint against another forgiving each other as the lord has forgiven you so you also must forgive now we're going to break this down uh, passage by passage he starts with put on then and again it's in reference to clothing and um, we're to put on these garments and you know we dress for a particular occasion i'm dressed for church on sunday morning this morning last night i i was dressed a little differently tomorrow i'm going to be dressed differently we dress appropriate for an occasion. And the occasion he's talking about here is being a Christian. In which case, we're not part-time Christians, we're full-time Christians. You're either a Christian or you're not. And if you are, it's 24-7, 365. You need to put off the old garments, you need to put on the new garments, and you need to stay clothed in the new garments as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. Now the interesting thing about these three descriptives is that they originally belonged exclusively to the Jewish people. They were the chosen people of God. They were dedicated as a nation to God. They were the beloved of God. But Paul takes these three descriptives that used to be had once been the possession of Israel and he gives them to the Gentiles. And by doing that he shows that God's love and grace have gone out to the ends of the earth. There's no longer a most favored nation situation. And it ties back with verse 11 where he wrote, there's not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised and so forth. You see, no believer should allow the prejudices from their pre-Christian days to be carried into the church. Christ has broken down every barrier. He accepts everyone and anyone who comes to Him. And we as the body of Christ should do the same. There should be no division among believers. We should be experiencing unity to get together. In order to do this, every believer is responsible to get rid of the old sinful practices of their previous pre-Christ life or lifestyle and become a new person in Christ. And then as part of God's body of believers here on earth, every person should work as their part in the body of Christ advancing God's kingdom. Every one of us as believers is a part of the body of Christ. Every one of us has a function in the body of Christ. And the way we function is by using our spiritual gifts to build up the body of Christ. And if you don't know what your spiritual gift or spiritual gifts uh, is or are, you need to make that a priority. Find out what they are and start using your spiritual gifts to the glory of God. And then Paul says we should put on compassionate hearts. And literally, it's talking about the bowels of mercy. And the ancients used to believe that um, our emotions came from our bowels because when people go through intense emotional events, it affects us here. We can't eat, we don't want to eat, we can't process what we eat, it affects us here. And there's one thing that the ancient world really needed it was compassion. And mercy, because it didn't have any. People were entertained by the suffering of animals in the Colosseum. Uh, there, was, there was no concern for the maimed and the sickly and the aged and the newborn. In fact, in the Roman Empire, if a baby was born and not wanted, they took the baby out to the forest and just left it there to die of either exposure or being eaten by wild beasts. And it was the Christians who developed the practice every day of going out into the forest to look and listen for babies, to save them, bring them home, and raise them up. Christians were the first who created orphanages. Christianity has brought compassion and mercy into this world. And it's not too much to say that everything that has been done for the good of the aged, the sick, the animal, the child, the woman, has been done in the name of Christ and under the inspiration of Christianity. And if you want further insight into this, I recommend reading a book written by Dr. D. James Kennedy entitled, What If Jesus Had Never Been Born? Because in that book, What If Jesus Had Never Been Born, Dr. D. James Kennedy uh, provides historical examples of the good that Christianity has brought into the world. And reading it is not only encouraging for us as believers, it also provides tangible evidence for us to contradict those who have mistakenly believed that Christianity has brought nothing but suffering into this world. And you know, that's pretty common these days. People think that Christianity has just not been good for the world. They have no idea of what they're talking about. And then Paul says to put on kindness. And the ancient writers define kindness as a person who is interested in their neighbor's good and it was as dear to them as their own in other words they had just as much concern for their neighbor's welfare as they did their own josephus used the word to describe isaac because isaac dug wells and there was some problem with the neighbors And he just gave the wells to his neighbors and went out and dug more wells he was as interested in their welfare as he was his own It was used in in some other writings to describe wine that had mellowed with age and lost its harshness. It was used by Jesus when he said, my yoke is easy, my yoke is kind. Goodness by itself can be stern if it's not accompanied by kindness. We know some people who are good and they're not very pleasant to be with because they're not kind. But this is the kind of goodness that Jesus showed towards the sinning woman who anointed his feet. It's the kind of goodness that should be characteristic of every believer. It is a ready disposition to listen to and respond to others. It is taking initiative and reaching out to others and meeting their needs. And because we have been shown kindness, we need to act in kindness towards others, It's one of the fruits of the Spirit, Galatians chapter 5. And then, Paul says, to put on humility, which describes an attitude of self-esteem or self-evaluation that is neither puffed up with pride nor self-depreciating. Neither puffed up with pride nor self-depreciating. It's understanding one's true position with God. Now, the ancient pagan world did not admire humility. What they admired was pride and domination. And and it's often been said that humility was a virtue that was created by Christianity. In fact, in classical Greek, there is no word for humility. And And the closest words have a connotation of forced devaluation. But Christian humility is not cringing. Christian humility is based on two things. First, a vertical understanding that we are creatures. God is the creator. We are merely creatures. And so we stand before God in humility. And secondly, speaking horizontally, it is based on the belief that all people were created in the image of God. And we're therefore children of God. And, and there's no room for arrogance when the people that we are interacting with are of royal lineage. And again, it's referenced back to what was said in verse 10. Humility is a recognition of the fact that we are all equal in God's sight. It disallows us to be arrogant in our interactions with one another. And then Paul said to put on meekness. Aristotle defined this word to mean a happy mean or average between too much and too little anger. It was the happy average between too much and too little anger. So the person who is meek is self-controlled. And that's because they are God controlled. When they're angry, they are always angry at the right time, for the right reason, to the right degree. And they never get angry at the wrong time or for the wrong reason or to the wrong degree. Meekness is not to be confused with weakness. What it means is a willingness to give up one's rights for the sake and benefit of someone else. And again, Christ is our example. Philippians chapter 2 reads, So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man. Again, Christ is our example. He gave up the rights and privileges of the throne room of heaven to come and be born in a manger for our benefit. These visits each day
1: with Pastor Leighton Sheely always seem too short, don't they? This is a broadcast we call Study Verse by Verse, and Pastor Leighton is taking us through the book of Colossians. He's in the third chapter. We'll continue with more from this particular message tomorrow at this same time, and I do hope you can join us. If you'd like to listen to past broadcasts, you can find them on the ministry website studyversebyverse.com And details about the church are on the web at Highlands.us. That's Highlands.us. There are multiple services across the weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Those specifics are there on the website, along, of course, with uh, details about how to get to the church campus. That's Highlands.us. And when you go to that website, you will have the option of either clicking through to the church or to the school, Highlands Christian School. If you'd like more information about a biblically-based education for your child or children, you'll find all the details right there. I'm Mike Trout. Thank you for joining us, and join us tomorrow if you can, when we'll once again open the Word of God and study verse by verse.